What do you eat for breakfast most days? So mainly because I shoot breakfast recipes, it will probably be leftovers from the previous day or oatmeal or a bagel with peanut butter. What's your favorite go-to snack? It's hard to say because I'm such a huge snacker. Um, I'm always eating leftovers from previous shoots and things, but if I had to pick, probably some bliss balls. What's your favorite takeout food? Indian food, hands down. Absolutely love the flavors and textures. What are your top three pantry ingredients? There's so many, but oats, cashews, and peanut butter, purely because they're so versatile. You can make creams and flours and milks and all sorts with them. Any kitchen gadgets you just can't live without? Definitely my Vitamix and my food processor. I use them every day. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jade. So today on the show, we're chatting with Harriet Porterfield, or Bo, as her friends call her. Love her nickname. She's the UK-based vegan blogger behind Bo's Kitchen. A quick glance at this girl's Instagram feed reveals that she is a gifted food stylist and photographer with a sweet tooth. In this episode, we talk about how she decided to adopt a vegan lifestyle, her passion for what she does, plus all the little mini failures that helped her hone her skills and taught her the value of hard work and persistence. If any of you have ever wondered how to make the perfect crispy baked french fry, or chips, as she calls them, <laughs> you got to listen in because she's going to tell us all the secrets. Plus, you've got to check out her tarts. She has a chocolate tart and a blackberry tart that look to die for. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Bo. So, hey, Harriet, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi, Jade. So I read that your nickname is Bo. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us, how did you get the nickname? Okay, so I used to, before I was vegan, obviously a long time ago, I used to be really into a particular brand of fizzy gummy sweets, <laughs> um, <laughs> which were called Haribo, which sounds a bit like Harriet, and then it just got shortened. And then obviously I turned vegan, but the nickname stuck. So No I, way. I remember those Haribo yeah. bags of candies. <laughs> I grew up in Canada. They had those. <laughs> yeah, they're still massive over here in the UK, but um, yeah, I don't eat them anymore. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to hop in and tell you that they are still here and I sadly buy them from time to time because they hurt the, the gummy bears. It's like the gold bag. It's the best gummy bears. Yeah, yeah, but made with pig's tendons, so I can't oh, eat them anymore. <laughs> oh dear. I could have probably not known that. <laughs> Always good to be informed though. Yeah. Pig tendons. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> okay, Bo, so tell us where you're calling in from today. I'm calling from Leicester in the UK, which is probably about, everyone only knows London, so I'd say we're probably about an hour and 20 minutes from London on the train. It's kind of in the middle of England. So, like, northwest, or what direction from London? North. North. Uh, yeah, about an hour and 20 minutes north. Are you in the country? Sort of, yeah. It's not really busy. There's lots of countryside near me, but also a city with a big market, so it's kind of best of both worlds here. So are you originally from there? Like, did you grow up there? Yeah, I'm originally from Leicester, um, but I did live in London for seven years. Um, I went there for work, so I've had a lot of time down there in the hustle and bustle of everything, um, but then came back to Leicester. I prefer the quiet life now. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> so tell me a bit about your childhood. Do you have siblings, and were you in the kitchen a lot or not so much? Tell me about it. I've got a little brother. He's 
about 26 um, and I'm 32 and my mum and dad split up when I was younger so my dad lives in Orkney now and my mum lives in California um but my my memories as a child was always with my mum cooking all the time and then often with my mum's side of the family my auntie and my grandma we'd all be in the kitchen together and we'd all be making meals together so I have lots of fun memories of of cooking food as a family Mm, I love it and so they had you engaged in the process and you feel comfortable in the kitchen it's the one thing that I don't know I think food is love like that's the way I like to express my feelings for the people it's through food Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. <laughs> so do you make it to California to visit your mom then quite often? or No, you know what? I haven't been at all because the funny story was I was living in London. I moved down there for work and because I also loved a really amazing dance club there called Fabric. So I, oh, I wow. used to travel down there every Friday. So I thought, why not just move down there and then I can go all the time. And then obviously the rent's really expensive. And then my mum met somebody online and moved to California to meet him and she said well do you want to live in my house while I'm in California so that's how I moved back here and ended up moving back home to Leicester the rent was much cheaper and I haven't I haven't actually seen her since but she's moving back here this year to Scotland so oh wow (laughs) I kind of missed the boat on that one but yeah I can't wait to see her Oh, that's amazing. I I mean, I had a military life for a while. I mean, my husband's still active duty, but just the time away from family, you know, just always away from family. And you miss your parents and you miss doing life together. And I feel like I want to get back to that now as I get older and I have my own kids. Yeah, it's just the little things, isn't it? Like having Mm -hmm. a coffee with your loved one or breakfast, you know, it's those tiny tiny little moments that are the most Mm -hmm. precious. Yeah, just a little walk together, talking about the regular yeah. stuff of everyday life exactly. and yeah, sharing a meal. I totally agree. So, okay, tell me how you ended up becoming a vegan. What motivated that decision? I was raised vegetarian. So my mom always cooked vegetarian. And when my parents blew up, my dad couldn't be bothered. <laughs> so I ended up <laughs> eating meat for a few years. Um, and then I just, I got to a stage when I thought I couldn't imagine a meal without meat. And I thought this isn't right because I was raised vegetarian. So for me to not be able to envisage something without meat seemed a bit foreign to me. So that's when mm. I went back to vegetarian. And then the reason I went vegan was just literally, I just thought, why not just see it if I can do it and actually I really loved the discipline of it because you know 14 years ago it was a lot more difficult there was only like one one variety of dairy-free milk there wasn't any vegan cheese so it was quite a challenge but I really enjoyed it (laughs) wow that's amazing so did you feel any physical changes like going back and forth from eating meat to vegetarian to vegan like how did that feel oh amazing yeah this is what I always tell my friends as well because they're they're often interested in I just say well just try it for a week and see how you feel because for me personally I didn't get as many spots and my digestion improved within a week I used to get quite a lot of colds and flu all the time and that kind of completely went when I turned vegan and I can't even remember the last time I've been to the doctor so for me it's twofold obviously you're helping the environment saving loads of animals Mm. eating delicious food but also you just feel amazing bonus yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean all the plants I just feel like the research these days is just get as many plants into your body as possible (laughs) yeah there's more and more evidence every day isn't Mm. there there's TED talk I was only watching the other week about it as well and you know when you look at it there's what seven about 70,000 plus varieties of plants that we can eat yet People mm. need to have one of six animals almost every day. I just find it bizarre. <laughs> oh, wow. That is an interesting thing to think about. 
Wow. <laughs> okay, so how old were you when you made that decision to go vegan? I'm going to have to do my math here. So about 14 years ago. So, so it's been a while. Yeah, about 17 or 18, I think. Yeah. And you were just like all in. There's been no ebb and flow since you made that decision. No, no, there hasn't. Apart from one time I went to a Chinese restaurant and I asked for something vegetarian and they gave me something with chicken in. So how did you get involved in blogging? Like, did the social media account happen first? And what started that? Or was it the blog first? Like, talk me through that whole process. So I always loved looking at pictures on Instagram of food. And I think back when I started using Instagram, maybe four or five years ago, there's a girl called Emily Von Wu. I think that's how you pronounce it. You might have heard of her. She does um, lots of cookbooks and she's got a website. She's called This Rawesome Vegan Life. And I really liked that her recipes were kind of really approachable and flexible. You know, you didn't have to have fancy ingredients. And it was a bit like, if you don't have this, try this. Um, But she really kind of pioneered vegan and no-bake sweets, which, you know, four or five years ago was still a very new thing, believe it or not, on Instagram. Super new. Yeah, it's true. Uh, It really um, (laughs) So, yeah, she was like my main motivator to start trying it myself. And then I literally just took pictures because I enjoyed it, not because I wanted to make a living out of it at all. (laughs) That's amazing. And so so then the blog happened after the fact to fill in the recipes. Yeah, it happened really organically. I never in a million years thought that this would be my job. You know, I've had 10 years working in retail management, which is just so boring in comparison to what I'm doing now. (laughs) But yeah, it just happened because obviously people started liking my recipes and then a couple of brands wanted to work with me and then it just snowballed from there, really. Was it just a huge surprise to you, like that whole growth? I mean... Yeah, it was... It was really crazy, to be honest. I feel glad that I started when I did because I I feel for a lot of my friends now who are just starting out or a year or two ago because things are very different on Instagram. So it's harder to, to grow organically. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad that it's happened. And I hope, I pray to God that I can do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, it's cool to hear that. And so what's the community been like? Just social media, blogging, food world? amazing I don't really have any problems with people online I have a really tight-knit group of friends some of which I speak to on whatsapp almost every day we well, voice note each other and I just really like the fact that Instagram can just connect you with loads of like-minded people all over the world so it's like I've got a huge group of friends it's really really precious to me actually I'm, I'm really touched especially when people make my recipes that's really special for me that's rewarding it just must be so rewarding yeah, <laughs> I'm one of the recipe is. makers <laughs> yeah and the connection is neat it's just because food is so personal and we have to eat three meals a day you know if not yeah. more <laughs> I mean I, I often say that that's why I'm so lucky to do something that people are always going to have to do everyone's always going to have to eat and I'm lucky that my passion is something that is always going to be popular <laughs> couldn't agree more Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. 
Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. Okay, so tell me about food photography and food styling, because you are amazing at it. Your feed, and for the listeners, her feed on Instagram is, oh, it's just every photo is so beautiful. And the colors, I've got to ask you about the colors, like... How are you getting this color? It's just, it's gorgeous. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much. That's really lovely of you to say. Yeah, no, I'm just, I've always had kind of an artistic side to me. Like my mum is an amazing artist. She does pencil drawings and she's one of them annoying people that can just do anything artistic, you know, like make a cake or knit something, you know, she's just annoyingly talented, but I can't really do any of that apart from the food stuff. Um, But I think that's where I get my kind of eye for color and composition from is from her and yeah I always shoot in natural light so I don't ever use artificial lighting which I think helps with the color and then obviously you know there's different things I've picked up over the years as to how to cook things to preserve the color and you know Mm. I I like using a lot of natural food colorings like turmeric for yellow beetroot for pink wheatgrass or matcha for green things so I always think you eat with your eyes first so I mean some of those tarts (laughs) that you have like the berry tarts and well the chocolate tart most recently (laughs) oh my gosh they look so good oh thank you yeah I have a lot of sweet treats to eat all the time in my fridge it's a good it's a good place to be (laughs) so did it take a long time to figure out the photography portion of it did you have to take classes or you just kind of like trial and error yeah no I haven't taken any classes whatsoever because when I started doing it I was just taking a photo on my iPhone on my lunch break at work so I was Mm. home working for a bit when I moved back to Leicester from London so every lunch break I would take a little picture either of my breakfast that I'd made or something for lunch and it was really basic and I mean if you scroll down to the bottom of my Instagram feed you'll see how cringy (laughs) it is because it's just an iPhone picture on a white table and with hardly any styling but obviously I did that over and over again every single day Um, and I just told myself even if it looks rubbish I can still learn something from it and I still take that with me today because obviously I have thousands of files which are awful that I'll never share with anybody um but (laughs) it's important that you do it because it's practice and even if it's a complete disaster you've still got something from it you know to change for next time so I've just slowly hacked away at it until I've got somewhere I'm you know I still don't class myself as a professional food photographer I really don't (laughs) that's crazy because (laughs) I think you totally are I love what you said, though. I mean, it's it's like all the little failures. I don't even know if you'd call them failures, but it's like all those little failures are so valuable in our lives. They just teach they teach us a wealth of knowledge, even more than just having success, I think. Yeah, that's food photography has actually taught me so much about life and things that aren't anything to do with food. You know, expect Mm. to fail. Like, Not everything is going to go right, but there's always a lesson in it. It's always something you can improve. Um, So and it's taught me to be patient as well, which is not one of my strong points. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) Wow. So 
How do you feel like blogging's transformed your life? Well, I get to do what I love every day. I don't have a boss anymore, which is just amazing when you've worked in retail for so long. So it's just given me that freedom to be creative and expressive. And it just means that I don't I don't ever take work home with me, which sounds crazy because I do homework. But do you know what I mean? It doesn't ever feel like work. And even though sometimes I'll be working late at night or I'll be on Instagram, it's something I genuinely enjoy. And I'm so very grateful for that. So let me back up. What were you doing in retail in London? And that was a while. You said like seven years or something you lived there? Yeah, but I was working for a big retail company. They sell furniture and clothes, but I worked for them for over 10 years. And I think sometimes when you're with a company for a really long amount of time, you kind of get this fear inside you, like, I can't leave because it's all I've ever known, or I won't be able to start something else, or I'm too old, or all of this stuff. And I left and I became a care worker initially because I just was fed up of making stuff for people to buy. It just seemed really pointless. And so I started looking after old people with dementia, which was the most rewarding job I've ever done in my life. What a change. That's But it was completely different. Um, So I tried a few things and then I ended up working for an organic food delivery company. And then from there, that's when I started taking photos of my food on my lunch break. (laughs) Wow. And so how long was it before you were able to monetize and let it be your full-time income? So I've only been self-employed for a year. Um, So I'm very much the kind of person, my mum's always told me, don't leave one job until you've got another one to go to. So I've kind of carried that on with this. You know, I I wouldn't leave my full-time job until I knew I could actually earn enough money to pay the bills and the rent because I just didn't want any stress. I wanted the transition to be smooth. So I would say it probably took me about two and a half, three years to be able to build it up to the point where I can actually leave and do it full time. Yeah, I'm a planner. (laughs) I like that safety as well. (laughs) We have some people that just, we interview, they, they are so gutsy. They, you know, they don't really have a complete knowledge that it's going to work out and they leave their nine to five and it's like oh, man, no, no. <laughs> scary. I've always preferred to think the worst and then you're pleasantly surprised don't you <laughs> yeah it's what is it like expect plan for the worst expect the best or something yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay so I was scrolling through tell me about this Welco the elixirs or the powder what is that powder that you've been adding to some of your smoothie bowls and Oh, yeah, it's amazing. They do protein powders and they do a super elixir and it's got about 45 different whole food ingredients in it. Um, I mean, I've taken lots of superfood supplements every day for a while now, but I like the fact that it's all blended in one. And protein powders, I haven't really tried before, to be honest, but now I've started doing little weight workouts, nothing major. (laughs) Um, But little weights, um, I've tried to have a little bit more protein in the morning um, and I really love them. The vanilla one tastes amazing. But yeah, I love adding adding little things like that to desserts and treats just so they have a few hidden benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the added protein, I'm sure, is Yeah, and great. hopefully I'll wake up with Elle McPherson's body. That would just <laughs> Don't we all wish that? <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> oh, so have you had any mentor type people in this career field? Not really, no, but the foodie community in general on Instagram is so supportive. So like Talene Gabriel, Verpi from Vanelja, Bianca, Bianca Zapatka, she's like the biggest mm. food blogger in Germany, but they've, they've all got huge followings, but they're just so supportive. So it's just lovely to have like 
people to bounce ideas off and I know that if I want to discuss anything like possibly bringing out a cookbook or anything like that I can just reach out to them and they'll be there to give me honest advice I'm really grateful for that. It's so nice too like you bring up a good point that mentorship doesn't have to be somebody who's ahead in age and has it all together really you can get mentorship from anyone. Definitely. There's certain friends that, you know, that they won't even have as many followers as I have, but they'll be doing better with the cookbook thing or they make amazing videos. Like we all have something unique to offer. So I think it's just about not being afraid to just reach out because I just think women especially, like we should all support each other because we're amazing. We're, we're so talented. We can multitask. We can do a million things with our eyes closed. So let's like group our power together and push each other forward. <laughs> Let's be on the same team, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) So where do you get all your motivation from for these beautiful recipes? Uh, My belly. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell people, people are always like, why do you cook so much at home? Because I want to eat it all. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing deep about it. I just love, I love food. I love creating tasty food that's actually healthy, but maybe not always healthy. But yeah, I've always been like that. Even my first word when I was little was more and then it was gone. (laughs) Mum and dad came. (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> and you obviously have a sweet tooth, right? Because I yeah. can see from your feed, there's like, there's a real love of like healthy, <laughs> sweet, beautiful food. Massively, yeah. I mean, I do eat savory food, but I, I think I really enjoy styling and creating desserts much more. And breakfast, obviously. Your fries, like on the savory note, those, sorry, the chips. <laughs> chips. The french um, fries. They look so good. And they're just oven baked, right? Yeah. Are they the crinkly ones? The crinkly ones, yeah. Yeah, 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 oven baked, definitely. And they, so they get crispy like that? You just add some oil and that's that's it? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, making wedges and chips like that, I the trick is to soak them for about 10 or 15 minutes before in cold water to remove the starch and then drain them and dry them really well. Oh my um, and that helps them crisp up. Whereas before I was parboiling them and they just turned to absolute mush. And then my friend, Bianca, because I was like, how do you make your chips so amazing, told me to do that. And ever since then, I've not looked back. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is just, I should have known this. Like I grew up in Quebec and I remember there's this one restaurant that we all loved growing up. We'd all go to and they had the best fries. And there was the big bucket of the potatoes cut up. I want to say they soaked them in a combo of water and vinegar maybe. But now it's like hitting me. Why am I not doing this in my own home? (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It seems obvious when you think about it. But yeah, Bianca was like, why on earth are you you cooking them beforehand? And I thought, well, that's how you get them soft. But it just made them all mush. So yeah, they become mushy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for anyone listening who's thinking or contemplating a vegan lifestyle, what kind of advice would you give them? I would say every vegan at some point said, oh, I could never be vegan. (laughs) so if you're saying that to yourself don't worry every vegan always said that at some point and also it might be easier for you to just try and have vegan days rather than say right I'm going to cut everything out I need to change everything in my pantry so a lot of my close friends will just have two or three vegan days a week and then they found over time that their digestion's better and it's cheaper they enjoy it more and I just think that makes it a bit more of a approachable transition for people you know rather than thinking you've got to cut everything out in one go Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. We've asked somebody before, and I want to make sure I understand the difference between plant-based and vegan. Oh, well, yeah, this age-old debate. <laughs> huh? Is it? Um, 
Yeah, I saw online uh, recently some of my friends were saying that plant-based is kind of paleo or like, you know, you include a lot of plants, but it's not necessarily vegan. But I've always thought that vegan and plant-based are the same thing. So the way I interpret it is vegan and plant-based are one and the same. Okay. And and you're really moving the whole mindset into it's all animal products of and life in general, right? So beauty products and leather and all of that, right? Yeah. When people ask, I say I don't eat anything with a face or anything from anything with a face. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, buy any leather. Like when my mum moved to California, for example, she had leather sofas here. So I wouldn't get rid of them because they were already bought. And I think that's wasteful to the animal. But I wouldn't go and buy another pair of leather sofas when they do deteriorate. You know, I, I try and be sensible with it because in all honesty, it is almost impossible to live a completely animal free lifestyle so I just try and do as much as I can so are you a cookbook person yes <laughs> I have a me. whole bookshelf <laughs> full of cookbooks and I don't really read normal books anymore I have them with good intentions but I just want to read about food <laughs> me too so let's talk favorite cookbooks oh wow so probably my favorite one is Veganomicon okay if you've heard of that one before I haven't Veganomicon Veganomicon by Isa Chandra is one of my favorites. I use that all the time. And then also anything by Emily Von Wu, who I mentioned earlier from This Raw Some Vegan Life. I've got three or four of her cookbooks. They're my go-to, really. And then what about food blogs? I guess you're making your own recipes, right? But Yeah, yeah, no, I am. But I check out a lot of my friends' blogs. So Nisha from Rainbow Plant Life. I really love her blog. Just It's, it's such a beautiful mm. design and her recipes are really colourful as well. We have quite a similar taste in styling. So I always like visiting her blog. And then also Vanelja Verpi. She's just got a beautiful aesthetic. She does lots of pastel colours and kind of dreamy food, which, again, I really like. So, yeah, a lot of my friends yeah. are really into, like, visual things with food, and those are the kind of blogs I like checking out. Yeah, I can't stress it enough for the listeners that your photography and the colours and just it's very beautiful. It's very artistic, and it makes me want to try every recipe. Oh, I mean, every thank single. you. I'm doing something right then. <laughs> Yeah, and then just to know that it's packed with all these great ingredients, it's really pretty, pretty feed. Thank you. (laughs) So what are like the favorites that show up in your day-to-day life recipe-wise? Favorite recipes, probably my oatmeal. (laughs) I just find that so easy (laughs) and you can just vary it every day depending on what you have. And then I will always make at least once or twice a week some kind of pasta with them. whatever veggies I've got left over in the fridge, I'll just throw them in the oven and roast them like I was doing tonight. (laughs) I'll make like a cheesy kind of pasta sauce with soaked cashews or with pumpkin or sweet potato. So yeah, pasta is my go-to for a lazy meal when I've had a busy day. And in the morning, if I'm in a rush, always oatmeal of some, some variation with whatever fruits and spices I'm feeling. So one of the things I miss the most in, so I'm not vegan, but I've been really restrictive with what I've been eating lately because I have all sort of Lettuce. Oh. But one of the things I miss the most, most, most is cheese. So I'm so curious and I'm constantly on the hunt for the best <laughs> non-dairy cheese situation. Yeah. Well, I will mention as well, when I was vegetarian, one of the reasons I thought, obviously I wanted to the challenge of being a vegan, but I also thought I couldn't be a vegan because I love cheese. Like I love nothing more than just big yeah. slabs of cheese on toast. <laughs> it was yeah. really gross, but I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons I thought I can't do it. And obviously back then there wasn't really any vegan cheese at all. 
So I kind of went without for a bit, but now there's so much. And um, one of my cookbooks that I'm reading at the minute is called Vegan Cheese by Jules Aaron. And it's literally a whole recipe book full of vegan cheese recipes. So she's got soft, firm, flavoured, smoked cheeses. I'd really recommend it because it's, yeah, it's got your cheese fantasies covered. <laughs> oh, okay. It's done. Like, I'm getting <laughs> Okay, so one final question before I pass you over to Tedra for some follow-up. Tell us if you have a favorite memory of food. Favorite memory of food is probably making a big Indian meal with my mum and her sister and my grandma. We'd all do different things. My auntie married a Muslim man a few years ago, so she is really good with like making rotis and she's got the little spice tin and everything. And I just, yeah, I have really fond memories. I love meals where you all kind of have a part to play and you all bring something to the dish. Obviously, I would really love that in the future when I'm lucky enough to have my own family to kind of pass that on because it's, it's such a, a warm environment and lovely place to be. Oh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Our neighbors across the street are Indian and we've only lived here for about a year, but we've just been getting to know them. And she's got the tin with the spices. She makes the homemade roti every day. She's always sending me home with like I was going to say, has she bought you food yet? <laughs> sending me home with little things and if I get sick you know okay you need to be doing your turmeric and your ginger yeah I love it I went around to my neighbors actually the other week and they're a massive family but like the husband married a girl from the Gujarat and they've got a little child and I went around there he lives with his mum as is traditional in a lot of Indian families but I went around to pick up a parcel and she said oh you're coming in for tea and I said, oh, okay, then I'll come in for tea. And as soon as I got in, she said, oh, you want to stay for dinner? And then she <laughs> sat me down. And honestly, I was she was such a feeder. It was so nice to be on the other end of it. But she didn't even ask me. As soon as my plate was finished, she said, do you want some more? And then before I knew it, she'd already bought it back. With like, Yeah, it just like reminds me of the Italian mama. You know, eat, eat, yeah. sit down. <laughs> no, you need some more. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I love it as well. <laughs> okay, so, so great talking to you and getting your story. Tedra, I bet you have some follow-up questions. I do. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, how you do your recipe development and, like, how much time does it take you to style, like, one photo? Just sort of curious about some of the details. Yeah, I try and plan my recipes out a week ahead if I can. Obviously, it doesn't always go to plan, but I do try and I have a little notebook that I'll jot down ideas in, maybe do a little drawing of roughly what I want it to look like, you know, whether it's going to be overhead or from the side and just a few details about the dish. And then on the day itself, I would say, depending on the weather, I should be able to get a shoot done in about three hours. But it doesn't, as I said, it doesn't always go to plan. I expect to fail. Most things I am totally rubbish at the first time I do it it's a complete disaster but the second time I nail it that's just how it goes I've kind of got used to it now (laughs) so then when you're doing a shoot like are you focusing on just one recipe or do you maybe do more than one at a time oh no no I'll just do one at a time I do some photography work for other brands as well so I'll do like product shots for them and little things on the side but yeah if I'm doing my own work it'll just be one recipe at a time I can't I don't really do well at trying to juggle too many shoots in a day yeah do you do that from home like your photography from home and all your styling and everything yeah everything from home I'm um, lucky enough to have some kind of big French doors that lead out into the garden so I get good light there all day obviously not at this time of year it's atrocious but yeah I do everything from home in my living room 
I want to say the first recipe that I saw of yours come across my feed someday. I might have been exploring like just the explore tab, you know, like, but I think this is before I was following you. And I saw your no-bake blackberry cacao tart. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. I think I sent it to like 10 people. I was like, can you believe this? Look how beautiful this is. And I just thought like, how does someone even make something so pretty? Thank you. You know what? I was listening. I remember, it's funny because with every photo that I have, I can remember where I was, what I was doing. And I remember that night I was up late at like 11 p.m. listening to Oprah's podcast. (laughs) And I was doing that, making that tart. And then in the morning, obviously it's set and I made the meringues overnight. It was a really kind of therapeutic experience. I love making tarts like that. And they always seem to do really well on Instagram for some reason. Well, because they're just so pretty. So I'm curious too then, so what do you do with all the food when you make it? Do you just eat it yourself? Do you share? Do you pass around to friends? Like I'm I'm sure like people in your life like love when you're baking up a big batch of something. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do eat most of it myself, (laughs) believe it or not. Because yeah, I live here on my own. So if I make a big batch of something, fortunately, I have a very happy and hungry neighbor two doors down. (laughs) Unfortunately, his wife doesn't cook at all. So... (laughs) So he's always really grateful to receive food from me. So I bet. <laughs> he, he has a lot. Yeah. And then obviously my friends will have some and also I freeze a lot as well. So like I said, I'm, I am eating a lot of leftovers, but I'd never, ever want to throw food away. I can't bear it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And then one more question before I get on to the ask everyone. So you have some videos peppered in your feed. Like the one I just watched was the Nutella milk that you made this Nutella milk that looks delicious. So like, how are you doing the videos? Yeah, so doing them at home with my camera. Most cameras, when you get a DSLR camera, they will have the option to shoot video on there as well. So again, that was another thing. When I first started doing them, I didn't want to do them, but I kind of said, if I'm going to you know, develop myself as a brand and a blogger, I need to do videos. So I sat down and the first video I ever did took me about two weeks, <laughs> no word of a lie. And I nearly gave up on doing them ever again. But since then, as I was saying, I'll just keep persisting and now I can probably do a video in about two days. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of work. Sometimes I think just as a consumer of content, because I am, I don't know if people, I mean, I've learned this from talking to people just like you. It's like the amount of work that goes into a single image or a single video that we will watch for like, you know, 20 seconds or something. It's phenomenal. I mean, two days and that's like after you've already got the hang of it. Like that's a pretty, that's a lot of work. And and I think it shows obviously because it's well done and the food looks beautiful, but you just sort of hope like, does everyone appreciate this? And and then to think that sometimes like, cause we have our own Instagram account and sometimes we'll put out something and then I hate to just like put something on it the next day. I feel like this is so pretty. It should be here for like three weeks, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's like, you just got to do the next thing the next day. Yeah. It's, it's hard because that's the society we've created. We're all content consumers. So it's hard to not fall into the trap of thinking I've got to post something new every single day and it's got to be amazing. But I think that's when you get burnt out. So sometimes, you know, if I've put a lot of work into the post, now I will just leave it there for a couple of days because, you know, I'd I'd rather that than just put myself under more pressure. I only want to, you know, put out stuff that I'm 100% happy with. And you're right, a lot of people look at what we do and they think, oh, you, you just whip that up, you know, and it's like, well, actually, if, if this was in a magazine, you'd have a food stylist, you'd have a photographer, you'd have a chef, you'd have an editor, you'd have a marketing person, whereas we're doing all of that 
in one. <laughs> I mean, I'm nodding my head like, yes, that's so true. Like, yes. I mean, that's, we, I mean, when you think about a magazine, you're right. All those jobs are filled. Everyone has a professional position and really like the person who's like a high quality blogger like yourself, like you're doing all those roles. So. So give us like one or two great tips that you could share. It could be just about life or it could be about your food blogging world or veganism, whatever you want. Yeah, I would say my first tip, which I love, I always do, I've done it for years, is to have hot lemon water every morning. So I start every day with hot water, a slice of lemon and a little bit of apple cider vinegar. And I just find that really alkalizing and detoxifying. And then also second tip is save your chickpea water <laughs> for aquafaba. So if anyone's following me, you'll see I'm a massive aquafaba fan. So I can make vegan meringues, fluffy pancakes, because the brine that your chickpeas come in acts like egg white. So if you whip it up, it'll do exactly the same as an egg white. This is fascinating. I've never even heard of this. What is the word you're saying? Aqua something? You've not heard of it. No. What is it? <laughs> oh, wow. Aquafaba. So it literally just translates to bean water, but it's all the rage at the moment. It has been for about a year now, actually. But the one thing I missed when I turned vegan was my mum's pavlova, because I really have a weakness for meringue. Um, but literally, whip up your chickpea water and you'll get meringue. <laughs> This is incredible. I've never heard of that. I've never seen or talked to anyone that has mentioned this. Okay, this is something new. Okay, very interesting. That is a good tip. <laughs> so it literally, it's just only the water. You're whipping up only the water. It turns to meringue. Yeah, the bit that you drain and throw away is the bit that is the best vegan egg substitute, I would find. I love it. It makes the fluffiest pancakes. You can make marshmallows. Okay, my mind's blown. Okay, so if I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? Probably just finished my workout and about to start my first photo shoot. So I'll probably be eating some breakfast, have a bagel in my mouth and be playing around with my tripod. <laughs> what is something people would be surprised to know about you? That I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. So I've never celebrated Christmas or my birthday. Oh, that is interesting. I don't want to speak for Jade, but her grandparents, well, I guess I am speaking for Jade. Her grandparents were her Jehovah's Witness. And so they, oh, wow. she had that dynamic a little bit too, like some of the holidays not being celebrated. Yeah, for me, it's normal. But uh, if you're raised like it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you don't really notice it. I don't miss it. But a lot of people are like, wow, you don't celebrate Christmas. So now I just <laughs> eat all the food. <laughs> okay, so how do you like to decompress? Music, I would say. It's definitely my second biggest passion. I love listening to all types of different genres of music, depending on my mood. So today I've been feeling quite chilled. So I've been listening to like Otis Redding and Aretha Franklin. So yeah, definitely music's a big part of my life. So you mentioned a couple, but who are three people you'd like to follow on Instagram? Bianca Zapatka. She's from Germany, massive food blogger. Vanelja and also Jess choosing Chia. She's one of my favorites. So excluding social media, what's your favorite app? Pinterest. I could waste hours on there. <laughs> I know it's so easy to deep dive yeah. on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so name a book that you love or that you currently can't put down. The one I mentioned earlier, Vegan Cheese by Jules Aaron. It is the one and I can't wait to make some special cheese for Christmas from it. So describe your perfect day. Perfect day is when I'm up before six. I have a really good workout, get my sweat on. Then a trip to the market. We have a really big market in Leicester, which I love. And a coffee date with a friend. 
What's your beverage of choice in the morning and also at night? So yeah, hot water and lemon in the morning, but then I always have a huge strong black coffee. <laughs> Need that. And then in the evening, I'll have a goji berry tea, which is just basically goji berries in hot water, but it really helps me to sleep. What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? Leicester, where I am now, really, because I lived in London for seven years, but this place definitely feels like home. So do you have a current Netflix edition? I don't really watch much TV, but the last thing I did watch on there, which I couldn't stop watching, was The Ozarks. I started watching it and I have to go back and pick it back up because everyone says the second season is so good. It's amazing. I got trapped in the first season, but then I just there's so much again, there's so much content out there. It's like you just turn left, turn right. Yeah. (laughs) But I do want to pick that back up. Okay, so what song do you currently have on repeat? It's a song called Things We Do for Love by Horace Brown. It's from like ninety-six or something. It's really old, but it's just a really kind of like nineties R and B classic. I love it. Do you have any beauty products that we could find in your bag always? Not in my bag as such. I mean, obviously, I always have lip balm. Can't be without lip balm. But my favorite beauty product is coconut oil. I literally use it for everything. Hair mask, moisturizer, eye remover, deodorant. (laughs) There's nothing it can't do. So let me ask you, if you put coconut oil in your hair... How long would you leave it in? So coconut oil, I will just put on my hair a little bit, like half a teaspoon. I'll just put it on the ends and leave it in all the time. If I wanted to do a mask, I'd do it overnight. But my hair is so dry, it'll just soak it up. So yeah, slather it on. (laughs) Okay, so how did you come up with the name of your food blog? Everyone calls me Bo's Kitchen. And I used to, when I first moved to London, I used to sell cakes to a little cafe and I had a van with a strawberry on the side of it (laughs) and it said Bo's Kitchen on the side and that's where the name originally came from because I was going to start setting up my own vegan cake business but it didn't ever take off thankfully because it's a lot easier to do what I'm doing now. That's where the name came from because I wanted to set up being a little cake delivery woman. (laughs) Who would you love to have a cup of coffee with? Probably my friend Bianca, because I speak to her almost every day, but I've not met her in person. Oh, wow. That's a really, that's a neat relationship. You talk almost every day, but yet to meet in person. Yeah. Yeah, well, because she's a blogger, you know, and because she's on Instagram, we post every day and we speak in person, but I just, yeah, I want to see her. (laughs) So do you live by a motto? Yeah, I would say that growth is outside of your comfort zone. It stops me getting complacent and makes me want to try new things every day. Do you have a celebrity crush? Mm, I don't really do celebrity crushes, but if I had to pick one, I would say Tyson Beckford. What is the food you would absolutely not eat? Any animal product. So, and yeah, beef especially just makes my stomach turn. What meal would you choose as your last meal? A giant roast dinner with all the trimmings and extra roast potatoes. Very British thing to pick. (laughs) Do you have a pet peeve? Unkindness. What's the best gift you've ever received? About three years ago, my friend Sam came and visited me and brought me a little aloe vera plant. And I have grown about 40 plants from that one aloe vera. It's literally the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) What's the best gift you've ever given? I'm not really one for like material things. So I'd say probably my time as a care worker because I wasn't really doing it for the money, but it was obviously one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. But it also felt like I was making a real difference to people. I made some 
really lovely friendship. So I would say, you know, my time there is probably the best gift I've given. What's the last thing you Googled? Vegan vanilla candles, I think, because I really want some more. So what do you see in your future? Like, what are your dreams and goals? And like, what would you like to accomplish later on down the road? I'm hoping to put a proposal together for a cookbook next year because I'm in talks with a few publishers at the moment. So I'd love to launch a cookbook, also an app. And eventually I'd like to have a YouTube channel and also do some workshops on food, photography and styling as well. I could see you building a team one day, help accomplish all that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We have one last question for you. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? Definitely from my mum. She said, if you're worried about something, change it. And if you can't change it, don't waste your time worrying about it. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I think worry, people who worry, I know a lot of people like they can't control it. And I I mean, I'm guilty of it too from time to time. But it's like, it really is such a waste of time. Like until you have like the full story, the full information, you can worry about something that really has no impact. That's great advice your mom gave. Yeah, it's brilliant. Okay. So tell us like, where do we find you online and your social handles and your blog name and address and all that good stuff? Fab. So you can find me on my blog, bowskitchen.com, Instagram, bows.kitchen or Facebook at bowskitchencreations. Okay. And I'm just going to say for everyone, that's Bose, B-O-S. So like, yeah, like Bose. Yeah. Okay. That's it. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And um, you're calling me from London. So we appreciate the time gap that you're giving us this evening. And we look forward to following you in the future and wish you all the best. Thank you. Likewise. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Okay, time for a little host-to-host chat, Jade. Hit me. What do we got? What are we talking about? Well, what I'm thinking is this episode's releasing on January 1st. So happy 2019 to everyone. Happy New Year's, y'all. So let's (laughs) talk for a second about resolutions. Do you make them? And if you do, do you keep them? You know, I've gotten away from making them. Just, I just feel like, I don't know. I'm more of like a monthly resolutions. Like, what am I doing this month? (laughs) I'm trying to keep them like short term. I feel like the yearly, you know, the new year resolution is just like too big and broad and nonspecific and I'd fail at meeting any of them in the old days. And so, yeah, now I'm just more of like a month to month situation. What about you? I would say I don't really make them. I mean, I think about them a little bit, but I don't actually make them. I am committed this year though, to do a January whole 30. Yes. Girl, I'm doing it with you. I'm, I'm making this, like, this is official now because it's recorded, recorded me admitting I'm going to do a January Whole30 with you. Okay. And I think that's like a nice time because so much of the community will be doing it. And yeah, I did see yeah. in Alex, the Defined Dish, she's going to be doing a takeover for a week during Ooh, that yeah. January. So that would be nice. So yeah, that's about the only thing I've got planned so far. I mean, I always want to do more health, more like blah, 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 you know, <laughs> but one thing I do like is to just be a little bit reflective, you know, over the year. Is there anything I really like broad stroke that I need to be kind of honing in on and paying more attention to in my life? So I guess from that perspective, I wouldn't say it's a New Year's resolution, but I do try to spend some time just being reflective and making some appropriate changes as I see fit. Yeah. Okay, well, we just want to thank everyone for listening today. And if you'd like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and we're on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. 
Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jade. So today on the... (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) That's a strange, strange way to start the show.